Lucky. <sighs> and we are <laughs> live. Uh, sorry for being a, a minute or so late, everybody. Uh, but here we are. We are here. Uh, Loose Cannon here to talk again about continuing this conversation, ending this conversation. We're just going to jump right into it. The uh, I think I think Ishtar called it the uh, the missing logbook. Right. Yes. And uh, that's what we called it last episode. And so last episode, just as a quick uh, refresher, the end of it, uh, you actually said something really interesting. I'm not sure if you remember this, but you said how uh, we were talking about the potential that the long, slow whisper was the darkness actually communicating directly with the EXO. And you said that it's almost like the EXO are everything's in threes the exos are the dark the awoken are in between and the humans are the light and i i really like that so i just wanted to bring that back up again just to kind of tie the episodes together as well oh yeah yeah i did say that didn't i yeah i went back just to to catch where we were in in the middle of all this because yeah you know uh because of easter we had to take an extra week and when you do the show every other week and you take an extra week off because of holidays or, or whatever happens, it really just throws you off on like your memories of where everything was. Yeah, sure. <laughs> you know, it's a lot of sleep in between. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, <laughs> but so uh, we, we, we left off on the last episode in case you're reading along on Ishtar. Uh, we left off last episode on no exo interferometrics and now we are starting this episode on uh no elizabeth's upload but uh before that uh how how's how have your weeks been right now good hey just before we start um congratulations thank you thank you so that was a pretty exciting little <laughs> news yeah yeah i was i was really excited to uh tweet that out uh, for anyone who doesn't know, I I got engaged yesterday, uh, so uh, that's that's what he's congratulating me for. Yeah. I wasn't asking that so that you would bring it up. <laughs> I wasn't like fishing for that for congratulations or anything. Um, I just I just legitimately wanted to ask how your week was before we before we got into it because we're gonna we're just gonna jump right into it. We're just gonna finish this off today. We're gonna bang it out. Yeah. And then I'm going to start harassing the Capcom store because they said that my payment didn't go through. But I have a receipt. <laughs> Capcom store? Yeah. Well, they also make Monster Hunter. And I bought, um, like, a year a year ago, a year and a half ago, I bought a Dodo Gama plush pre-ordered. I pre-ordered it. And it released last week, two weeks ago now. Um, and I didn't get an update. And I'm like, Hey, Capcom, I never got an update. And they're like, oh, yeah, we never actually received your payment. And I'm like, yes, you did. Oh, <laughs> like, oh, money thanks. is out of my account, man. You, you you can't say that you didn't receive it. So uh, that's going to be my day. <laughs> okay, uh, so let's get into this. Um, the, the first entry here is uh, no Elizabeth's upload, and this is where LC1 gets created. So the person that we know as the Exo Stranger is actually LC some super high number, right? Right. <laughs> Something insanely high, right? Yeah. Because... Well, I mean, so what's Banshee? He's Banshee 
44. Banshee 44. So, I mean, Elizabeth is probably around the 40s, late 30s. Maybe she's better, like low 30s, you know. Because if, if, especially if you were to compare it, you compare Banshee as 44. Absolutely insane. Completely out of his mind now, right? The Extra yeah. Stranger can't be higher than, I'd say, 35. Yeah, because you kind of got to wonder <laughs> if yeah. you're hitting 44 and you look like Banshee. She's not acting like Banshee. No, she she's still she's still kind of there, which is what makes me think like, yeah, the degradation hasn't really gotten in there yet, which is really funny because Banshee is the only EXO we know of that has that level of like degradation because of reset. And Banshee, as people should know by now, is the Clovis EXO who's adopted a new name because he's become a new person, he feels. Obviously he has, um, but it's like Clovis built the exos to live forever. He's like, I'm going to be me forever. And here, here he is not being called Clovis being called Banshee. First of all, and not even really all there. Second of all, like his, his immortality wasn't very effective. Right. And he's the only one. So he's doomed to live forever as this <clears throat> for absent-minded yeah. gunsmith but i like as long as banshee is happy i'm happy for him because banshee is not clovis fuck clovis right not at all so and that's like the parallel story with what's happening with crow right now so crow was aldrin but crow is crow now so you get like these two perspectives one where you have this old school weathered grizzled you know, gunsmith guy. Mm-hmm. And then this kind of like new blueberry ish guy, but he, he's come up to speed really fast too. So they both come up to speed really fast. Yeah. I don't know how this works, you know, in the universe, like does the ghost just kind of like inform them of all the things that they need to know right away. <laughs> Why well, like, the that has to be like... information. Hmm. Here's your update. Right. But then there's, <laughs> Then there's a lot of the like, then there's a lot of the like growing pains, and then there's a lot of stuff that they can't access from their previous life. They just are aware of it. Yeah. Yeah. Crow had a difficult upbringing as well. Like his his very early life was not an easy one, and so you learn fast when that's your life, right? Like True. another another guardian might just be like timid and like more like i need to train i need to be prepared before i actually go out and do things but crow from the get-go was just tossed into it and so were we kind of because we were we were groomed by elsie uh elsie whatever number and you know we were we were pushed into fighting the black heart we we were thrown into that how many guardians can actually be just like thrown into the deep end like that because it, it can't be that many there's not that right. many grave danger things happening. There's bad guys for sure. But it's interesting, you know, to say the least, because if you think if you think you can just all of a sudden wake up and start fighting, you know, not knowing what you're fighting for, mm-hmm. where you're going, or what has happened, and you've just got to trust, you know, you've just got to trust in this ghost that resurrected you that mm-hmm. hey there's a reason just trust me follow let's go i mean but i guess 
I guess that goes back to the whole spark thing, you know. Yeah. The Guardian has to have some semblance of that attenuation. And when you don't trust your ghost, you become the drifter. Yeah. <laughs> those those are the two. You can be you can be crow or you can be drifter. <laughs> oh man, drifter. Goodness gracious, drifter. Forever hungry. Oh. I remember when he went, but like before, before, because we got his like his his real lore in the Man with No Name, right? And that came out in Season of the Drifter. But when Drifter was introduced in Forsaken, he had these like lines, and I was like, "Why is he talking about eating so much? Like this is a little concerning." <laughs> like I thought he was a cannibal before we yeah. even got that the book. I was mm, he he rubbed me the wrong way. Yeah, it was very much cannibalistic. Uh, yeah. I mean, I think you know they did that on purpose. They oh yeah, to. yeah. But I, I, yeah. I just hope they never actually write in canon cannibalism because <laughs> oh. he, he's so okay with eating anything. Like I think he even like mentions like he's like I'm gonna find a way to eat a vex. It's like that's metal. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Don't eat yeah. the vex. <laughs> I love the I love the <laughs> I love the callous lore the fake. Uh, lore, if you mm. will, about him having to eat his own ghost, <laughs> and it That's tastes weird. like metal and vanilla. Yeah. I think it. I think they said vanilla. Now, all I know is that oh, I've learned over the years. Like yeah, exactly. All I've learned is over the years that the inside of the traveler apparently smells like the book, and so the ghost must taste like that too. That makes Some me way. wonder because. So wait a second. The traveler, if travelers and ghosts, like these light essence beings, if they taste like vanilla, and this isn't a joke that I'm making, this is a legitimate question. In the sure. dawning, we make the drifter, and we got to get on the topic, but in the dawning, yeah. we make the drifter dark chocolate moats, which are moats of dark. Do, do moats of dark taste like chocolate? Ooh, Good question. Like, is it inspired by how they actually taste? Is it like people see drifters chowing on a moat of dark, and he's just like, "What it tastes like dark chocolate?" And then Eve was like, "I'm gonna make dark chocolate moats." Yeah, it makes you wonder why Shax's cookies were vanilla blades. Hmm. <laughs> so is he like the polar opposite? Yeah, he is absolutely he like the- is the polar opposite of drifter. That's for sure. Because so Shaxx be- is like very strong lead from the front and Drifter is very hide in the back. You know, they yeah. are absolutely the opposites. Yeah. Which and works because it's Crucible and Gambit. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right. Yeah, because Crucible and Gambit, two competing tastes. Remember when Shax had the big, like, problem with Saladin? I mean, he still yeah. does, right? Nothing's been yeah. resolved there. Yeah. But now, you know, that the Drift is here, it's just... Some of the dialogue that we've heard them say about one another is pretty funny too. In game, I wish I had that. There's some good. Ones. So they're the okay. opposite, just like you said. They're <laughs> definitely opposite. So chocolate moats and yeah, yeah, chocolate moats and vanilla blades. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but so 
back to this. Uh, so the the first the first entry we're, we're talking about here is note Elsie's upload. This is her becoming an XO. In the last episode, we talked about how she just like tore into Clovis before agreeing to become an an XO, and he does it. He's all happy about it. You know, uh, the scan was flawless and of course fatally toxic. My granddaughter's human form died on the table fourteen hours later. Despair any distress. I never allowed it to regain consciousness. A natural process. So that's kind of like insane as well that's actually something i i, I want to uh stop on uh basically you can upload your mind into an exo and it's fatally toxic but technically you can potentially regain consciousness but that doesn't fit the narrative that you become the exo for clovis right so you just got to dispose of the body immediately Yes. How does that work? Is there some incinerator nearby? I I mean I'd imagine it's probably like that uh that Amazon show upload where they like they like laser your head off and upload you. Oh yeah, I watched that. That was a pretty good show. Yeah, that's where I yeah. was yesterday. Yeah, they. Oh, you were watching it. Oh, you no, were in that, upload. I was, <laughs> I was at the place that they shot upload. <laughs> Uh, oh really yeah that's it, was, cool. it was cool i kept looking for like notable locations and i was like none of this looks familiar did did the uh did the sky glitch or any birds get stuck yeah actually that was the only thing that was very familiar <laughs> did you get did, was there an update impending or was there latency issues and all of a sudden everybody looked like minecraft yeah. people there there was a uh, terrible service so <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, uh, I mean, it, it sounds it sounds like there's a potential that someone could go through an exo upload process, but still live as a human. But Clovis doesn't want that. He wants it to be. Right. A, there's no divergence. You know, there's no two people right. living at the same time. It's one person becomes the exo, and just to assure that, he doesn't let his own granddaughter regain consciousness. Right. Yeah. He doesn't want that coming back on him. It's like a, it's like hide the bodies. You know, it's yeah. very much just, yeah, yeah, clean up your mess. Which has to be like a, a human ethics issue. Like, like it has to be like such literally hide the bodies type of deal because who wouldn't stop him? It's like, okay, so you're transferring her mind into this exo. Yeah. And then. They they don't think like, but what happens to her body? <laughs> they just go, oh, now she's yeah. the exo. That's really cool. And he's like, yeah, just like kicking the body behind the under the carpet, you know. <laughs> I wonder. I wonder if he had a lot of uh, what would you say like tools at his disposal. Okay, so maybe he had. Well, I mean, if all he brain. needs is an incinerator. That doesn't sound yeah. like too much of an ask when he has a nuclear platform orbiting the planet just in case something goes wrong yeah, and he wants to true. destroy it. That's true. His contingency plan was just to wipe the entire thing away. Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah, so like, you know, obviously he has no ethics. <laughs> and, uh, I mean, so... He kind of he kind of gets what he deserves in in this next entry. In entry twelve, it is uh, a a major body horror entry. It's it's one of the most startling things I've ever read from Bungie. 
Like this is this is not what they do, but they did this. Uh, so at the end of the last entry, it, it reads, uh, "The last batch of pigs is ready for slaughter and organ extraction tonight. I will be opened up and rebuilt. I have programmed frames to handle the entire operation. A shame I never had the chance to name the pigs, but at least I will dine on fresh pork." So basically, he's he's having an organ transplant from his his pigs that he grows his like lungs and livers in. And entry 12 starts up, but when I woke, I was still on the table, my body still open. It was perfectly dark. I perceived that I was surrounded by medical frames, all frozen mid-movement, their cutting and suction instruments whining at standby. I could only see because of the light from a single red eye. The operation had gone terribly wrong. Above the life support collar on my neck, I was completely intact. Below the meridian, I had been separated into distinct braids of tangled flesh. My nerves made up one braid, my circulatory system another, my lymph nodes, my muscles, my naked bones, the glistening holes of extracellular matrix abandoned on the table like leftover turkey after Thanksgiving dinner. I had been picked clean and sorted. My head was the source of a gory river delta. So... I didn't really know how to process yeah. what all this was saying, yeah. but have you watched WandaVision? Because it's actually, yeah. I think they, so when, when uh, Wanda goes to the sword base and she like goes in to, to see vision because after Endgame they took him, uh, they took yeah, his body yeah. and he's like thing. spread out on the table. Yeah, yeah. like his arms are over here, but he, it's still connected with the wires and stuff. That's kind of what, I now imagine happened to Clovis just in a less arm here, arm here, but more like somehow his bones were removed from the muscle altogether. You know, he was deboned, deboned, demuscled, de-sinewed. Yeah, deep sinew, tissue, all of those words. I love that whole chapter. You know, it was funny because immediately when I read that, I had to message John Goff and be like, "Did you write this?" Because <laughs> that's such a that's such a like horrific John thing to do. That know? is that is something I would expect from him, and even he doesn't yeah. go this far, you know. Like he, know. Would, he didn't write it. Yeah, yeah. He like with uh uh Pitta, uh Inquisition of the Damned, he had like kind of like a pseudo body horror where it was like mangled arm and then transferring yeah. souls and everything, but it was like very fantasy. But this is like. The extremest case of disgusting surgery just yeah. being explicitly described like a medical journal. <laughs> yeah, it was woof. Yeah, when I read it, I was like, wow. Yeah, the 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 part of the, about the river delta pulling down. I mean, those are just like adjectives and verbs that just that just kind of make you think, wow. So can you imagine being alive from mm. you know the neck up and just looking down at this horror mess? And you have no you have no control over it. Like you cannot you have no faculties, you have no motor ability. There's nothing in you that can undo what happened. You're just there to look at it. Yeah. Good writing. <laughs> yeah. And so yet all the organs were still working. I was alive in disassembly. Clarity, I asked in the darkness. I had no breath to speak, but I could still transmit with my sensorium. Is that you? No, said the voice behind the red eye. It's me, Sunderesh. Her voice was thoughtful, remote, and keenly terrific. Like the nose 
noise of an angle grinder held to my skull. Something like this happened to me. I was an explorer once, one of hundreds of myself. I fell into a, a trap, I think, and they drew me out of it with a hook and turned me inside out to see how I worked. And then they made billions of me. All of us shouting at each other, shouting for Kiyoma, screaming for Mother. They were looking for the right one, and when they found me, they killed all the others. I knew I was different because the quiet made me happy. I was glad to be alone. And so this is one of the 227 copies of Maya Sundaresh that were pulled from a goblin that was captured by the Ishtar research team and uploaded into their exos, which is like the whole thing that Clovis is talking about. It's like, he's like, I know Ishtar figured it out, but they won't share their secrets. And it's funny yeah. that it, it, it's still Vex. Their secret was still the Vex. That, yeah. You yeah. know, still just <laughs> doing that thing. They both did the same thing, just in a different way. <laughs> yeah. But uh, oh, the 227. Sorry, go ahead. Yeah, no, 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 I was just saying, freaky deaky, that they both arrived to the same the same uh, results. Yeah. With the Vex. Yeah. But, so the 227 uh, XO scientists um, decided, we're going to go into the Vex network. And they go traveling around, checking out Vex network, checking out Vex simulations, etc., shit like that. And apparently one of the Mayas got trapped and abandoned, or maybe the rest of them died while she was trapped. And this Maya was disassembled, copied, and then they found the one that was absolutely insane. And they were like, we're going to use you. <laughs> so it makes me wonder, was, was Maya an infection that was perceived, or was Maya a physical manifestation? What do you think? I think it was a, oh, I think it was an infection. That's how I think of it. That's how I originally thought of it, but now I'm kind of now that it's like to this point, it kind of makes me think different because it's yeah. like she was there, right? Like she has physical presence. You can't if she isn't a ma a physical manifestation. I think the end of this entry doesn't work. And, so do you uh, think? So do you think she was standing there in a body? I think someone who had never been infected by the Vex would have also seen Maya. So yeah, she was she was physically there. Yeah. So so it goes on to say, uh, like, she's asking. Um, he says, you're a Vex, you're not real, and you can't hurt me. And she says, can't I? She grasped my spinal cord. A frame shadowed her motions, lifting the cord like a snake. Of course I'm not a Vex. Is there a Vex? Is Vex something you can be rather than something that you do? I don't know. I don't know why they sent me here. I don't know if they do either. They just do things. Why do you think I'm here, Clovis? So it sounds like she's, she's physically there. And then she's asking... Um, about clarity control because that's basically the vex's whole thing in the black garden right like they found the black heart and they're like we need to worship this thing and that's what we'll okay, so do. back up a second so back up a second so is she there inside the frame or is she just there consciously but i she think she's there physically but she has control over the frames and so yeah. going going on further um Sundaresh closed her fist around my spine like she did one thumbnail dug into a disc probing for the nerve beneath it felt like nothing i have ever 
anti-emetic dripping gauge. Uh, take me to clarity control. Let me behold what you have found. Do that, Clovis, and I will let you live. And he's still insisting that she's not real and that she can't hurt him despite the pain that she's causing him. And uh, she says, I'm in these frames. I'm in your systems. I'm in your very bones, old man. Now take me to clarity control. Take me to the garden seed, which I actually want to go back to that. Take me, take me, take me, take me, blah, blah, blah. Elizabeth appeared in her exo body. She moved too quickly for my dark adjusted eyes to track, and I saw was a blur of violence and shattering frames. I blacked out. Elizabeth must have brought the clean, brought in clean frames to finish the operation because when I awoke, I was whole again. The new Elizabeth has no mouth or nose. She did not consider them necessary. She'll see. But somehow I could still see the wonder in her eyes and she leaned over me and she said, you're my grandfather, aren't you? Okay, so actually, it only mentions that she was fighting the frames because that actually, that changes where I, I, I misread that uh, earlier and I thought it was saying that Maya was physically there, but it sounds like the frames were the ones doing everything. See, that's what I was thinking is that yeah. she somehow had a ability to take over a frame. But when you read the line about the fingernail. Yeah. That's a hand. That's a human hand. Or is it just if if she is in your bones, if she can make your nervous system think what she wants it to think, then Uh, a frame holding you is all it needs. The frame is transporting you. But you see Maya. You feel Maya. You feel the fingernail going into your spinal cord. Uh So like she had a way to alter the reality yeah, his was... his personal reality, his perceptions were altered because she was in his bones, right? Right. As yeah, yeah, exactly. As an infection, but also as uh, as an embodied frame. Yeah. Crazy to think. And uh, so, just to go back, uh, when she's saying, "Take me to clarity control. Take me to the garden seed." Uh, so this is the second time Seed came in, came up in line with Clarity Control. That's a note I said. And so uh, that's, that's one. And so the Exos are intrinsically robust. The Seed of Clarity within them has natural anti-vex properties. That's the other time it, it's actually been said. In this, just in this missing log, this, this idea of Clarity's Seed. And then Osiris got a seed from an anomaly that was left behind by one of the pyra- pyramid ships, just like, yeah, just like the glycon went into and the glycon went in there and now they're growing the lichen. And it's like, it, it almost feels like there's this like earthy growth things that come from seeds all throughout the darkness. Like that's a, that's a running theme that Bungie is like slowly building up. Yeah, I could see that. <clears throat> And what's great, what's great about this, there's so many mentions of seeds in D1 that they could kind of call back to or elaborate on. Mm-hmm. That would be, that would be neat to, um, to see that turn out to be, you know, very much the lichen, mm-hmm. the growth, the mossy growth, the earthy growth, see some new manifestation of the darkness, mm. you know, one of the new, one of the new subclasses or something. Because if you <laughs> look... If you look, if you look at it from the perspective of the hall, right, and you just glance at the hall and you look at what's what's there, what's there for them to grab. So there's 
there's lichen growth, there's mm -hmm. ice, and there's taken energy. Mm -hmm. Right? So those could be the three pieces of the subclasses because we see the ice now. Right? What if we see the lichen next and then we see the taken ultimately? I think that's, I think, I absolutely think that's how it's going to go, personally. I, I I think I've said it here. I really hope each each individual element that we use has like an identity where solar can have explosions, arc can have chaining, void can have like suppression, siphoning, uh stasis, obviously that's the freeze, the slow, uh lichen has damage over time elements, maybe some other elements mixed in as well. And Taken has I, I would love to see like a summoning aspect come in from Taken elements. That would be pretty cool. Like, imagine if each it, it, each each super gives like a different summon. Like, the Titans can get like a big hulking monster, and then Hunters can get like <laughs> a bird that will literally lift them up, and you can just like control the bird. You'll just be like fucking in the air, like like a uh, Dawn Blade, but you still use your guns and shit. So it's like taking you aerial shit. I don't know. They can never do that. That's that's a pipe dream. You know, it, it's 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 a tricky it's a tricky road because they've got to be somewhat balanced in a way. I mean, I remember, I remember the artifacts from Rise of Iron that had the little special things that they did, and even just those changed the game uh, in such a way. Like, and I love the, the, the yeah, I love the the Timur's uh, shield because I could you know abandon my. Uh, subclass or my super for extra grenades and i could just sit there and throw grenades all the time wasn't that one fell winter i thought teamer was the the one oh, where no, you no, actually yeah, yeah you're right that was the fell winter one yeah sorry yeah that was fell winter one that's the one i loved because i could just sit there and spam grenades in pvp and you know back then your super came up pretty regularly but um there were certain game modes where you know who cares about your super i'm here to get shots and kills <laughs> mm-hmm so it was great for me, but, but yeah. So then the other one was the Timur's version where you could actually take control of an enemy and have them be your Minor ally enemies. temporarily. Yeah. That was yeah. annoying though, because there would be so many rooms where it's like to progress, you have to kill everything. And it's like, okay, well, I'm going to melee this guy yeah. and make him my friend. <laughs> now I can't hurt him. No. What was worse is when you were too strong and you went to, Hip slap one of the little bad guys and you just and kill them you would just kill them <laughs> hunter knives had a, a way of doing that when you hit them in the head <laughs> yeah oh i still to this day i mess up all the time when i'm trying to just melee somebody that's close to me and hmm. or if i'm trying to throw a knife and then there just happens to be somebody closer to me and it hits instead of throws i'm just like oh this proximity is annoying sometimes well uh so the next entry is note third vision. And so while he was dead, because he was dead for a while, and I guess he was resuscitated, uh, Clovis had yeah. another vision. And so I summarize this vision just so we don't have to go through it. So I'll just, I'll just read that really quick. In this vision, Clovis sees himself and his ex-wife as wolves. He has blood dripping from his mouth, and he realizes he killed all of his offspring in a frenzy. The other wolf speaks to him in the voice of his wife, but appears to be the traveler speaking to him criticizing his actions on Europa only with sadness. Clovis blames her for not giving him attention because he's a fucking child. And so 
this vision really works because we have the dreams of Alpha Lupi and the dreams of Alpha Lupi are supposed yeah. to be the dreams of the traveler. So this theme of the traveler being a she-wolf is kind of like already set in the game. And so for Clovis to see this, the, the traveler isn't even mad. It's not even like you're a monster and I need to destroy you. They're just like, I'm disappointed in you. Like I gave you the light and this is what you did. Which is worse. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not mad. I'm disappointed. <laughs> <laughs> so much worse yeah. you'd rather just somebody scream their head off at you than just yeah. to quietly say i'm so and uh so it actually the last thing is uh you think clarity sent those dreams why would it speak to you when you are dead and furthest from its influence liar i howled you never did a thing to help me you you not when my son died not when my granddaughter fell ill i had to do it all myself you never even spoke the best voices she said with infinite grief and unending hope never let themselves be heard at all this lesson is worth teaching again and again the choice is never mine it is always yours and so i feel like that's so important to like this is like everyone's like well the darkness is speaking to us like it's doing this thing you know it's here it's it's com communicating with us why should we be with the traveler and this is exactly why the traveler is not speaking to us that is their philosophy right there yeah well you know in that and i hate to bring it up but it it, it is prevalent in most theologies as well that you know you have to have a somewhat blind faith to go about mm -hmm. it doesn't even sound like you're supposed to have blind faith in the traveler it's just like the traveler is is literally offering offering you freedom you know it's saying i'm gonna let you live your life and i'm not here to restrict you in any way the choice is never mine it's always yours right. you know and it's it kind of makes you think it's like, damn, you know, some people shouldn't fucking have freedom. <laughs> Look what well, fucking Clovis then, did. That's the, that's the, <laughs> so that's the dilemma, right? Is that how much, if, if everybody has freedom to do whatever they want, mm -hmm. you know. <laughs> those are the pitfalls of freedom, I guess. Is I'll just leave it at that. And so, whether you're on the, you know, whether you're on the right side of wrong and the wrong side of right, mm -hmm. it, it's kind of like it, it, it is ultimately a decision. And I think that that's the nail that they're trying to drive home at the end of all of this is that life is just or everything that you're doing is just a series of choices. Right. And so you have these moments where you can make a choice. And, you know, Clovis was blinded by his ambition. He was in a frenzy like the wolf dream basically tells you and mm -hmm. devoured everything around him just to attain his goal of becoming something that lives forever but look what happened i mean the aftermath is just this nightmarish event yeah i like the dreams of alpha lupi though that's that's yeah. a really cool thing Th so those like, are those are like about. classic lore yeah. And I love and I love the lore of the of the voice that's speaking back. Mm -hmm. <laughs> the I'm uh you will fill the world with teeth, nothing else. Well those are all those are all car. 
Uh-huh. <laughs> I love those two. You know, the, they were so ominous when they first came out. And there was so much implication that they had, they held in them. I think that, I think that some of the writing that is coming out now is helping flesh out some of those earlier stories. Yeah. My favorite, my favorite, one of my favorite grimoires was with the, uh, the um, Alpha Lupi chess piece for, for the hunter. Mm-hmm. There's just some good writing in there. Yeah. It makes you, it makes you really think like, okay, so there's these two entities, you know, one of light and one of dark and they're in this constant struggle with one another, mm-hmm. but who's listening to what, right? So yeah. now we're, right now we're experiencing the dark side of everything. Yeah. The beginning of the dark side of everything. Uh, so moving on, entry 13, it, it establishes the uh, exo numbering system where Muhammad 0 is the humid, Muhammad 1 is the exo, Muhammad 2 yeah. is the same exo after one reset and so forth. Uh, in this entry, Elizabeth decides that she wants her human body to be cast into uh, a crevice in Europa to just sink into the ice. Clovis doesn't understand why. And he is not telling her about Clarity Control's existence because he feels if she finds out she like it, and he's fucking right. <laughs> <laughs> They uh they also have a uh, a little uh, a little gag here at the end, uh, or so I have deduced. She insists she has no time to explain her methods to me. Yeah. <laughs> so, can you, can you imagine if if her body was in ice and a ghost came by and resurrected it? That's something I've actually asked when we were learning about this. I was like. Can a human be resurrected? And someone, someone was saying no because the the soul went into the exo. And I'm like, okay, I'm not, I'm not going to answer this conversation. I'm sorry, but I'm yeah. Not. yeah. Well, that's a, that's a that's a conundrum that comes up a lot. Is like, where is the anima? Where is the driving force? Where is the yeah? But of- does that matter? I don't know because you know we've seen sci-fi explore this like uh, altered carbon where there's two versions of himself and they live separate lives but they're ultimately the same guy and they're not split they're two whole people but they are absolutely have you have you finished ready player two yet no finish ready player two man god damn (laughs) i want to tell you things okay (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah i need to uh yeah so i mean maybe that's you know that's a tie-up though they got to tie that up right maybe in this world you can't have two parallel beings well i mean even if even if it were possible for a human to be revived a human body to be revived and the exo to be revived or the exo just to exist as an exo that has not died yet would they know would they recognize the human you know like would they recognize each other in any way would there be like a connection they wouldn't be the same person because the exo yeah. went on to live there's that point of divergence where the human died and the exo lived that well, they that are no longer the same part. person. There's that whole lore entry about uh, Rasputin being aware of Bellwinter, 
mm. and him and him showing up and being like yo what are you doing here you're not supposed to be here mm-hmm. why are you you know and you're me you're me you know it's kind of was a hint but we didn't know at the time and that that kind of that kind of like answers the the question as to why Rasputin would be so angry at Felwins are coming back as an exo because or coming back as a guardian I mean to say because if Felwinter comes back as a guardian, that's a point of divergence. Rasputin no longer was Felwinter. Felwinter was Rasputin at the same time. He would they were he was both consciousnesses consciousnesses at once. But when the Felwinter when the Siddhartha Golem died and was revived as Felwinter, he was no longer in that body. And he's like, Mm-mm, you don't get to be me. You know, there's not two of me in the world. There's me in the world. I might, I might be in multiple devices, but there is only me in the world. You know, I love the words, names that they bring up and decide to use. They they so accurately describe what what is going on. Like the word golem, you know, that in in old folk, folklore and religions. The thought is that your some aspects of your passions, hate, whatever, will manifest themselves as an actual entity and start to roam about the earth with this insatiable hunger and devour, you know, just trying to devour or figure out what the hell they're there, but almost mindlessly, right? So if you think about the Siddhartha (laughs) aspect to the golem, you've got this you've got this um, separated fragment of Rasputin running around trying to figure out who he was. And that's very much kind of explains Felwinter. Mm-hmm. But Felwinter's lie, right? So that was the whole thing we were trying to figure out way back when is what did he lie about, right? <laughs> what was I don't think lie? he lied about anything. It was just a fancy name. And actually, they said it was just a fancy name. Uh-huh, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> did they, they did bring that up uh, not too long ago. They did say, yeah. They just named the shotgun Felwinter. It's just a fancy name. I, I that drove me nuts in D one. We were like, "What did he lie about?" Maybe because it was did he like lie um, exo and nobody knew he was an exo. Yeah, there was there is there is that <laughs> because he was Felwinter. He wasn't Felwinter number. So people were like, "Oh my god, he lied about yeah. being an exo." And then there was the scene where he he shoulder charged. Uh, chitin and it's like he didn't shoulder charge he just kicked him <laughs> like that's right, not the maybe. same thing <laughs> if a if a titan they, people made it sound like a titan physically is incapable of picking up a knife and throwing it and I'd be like oh my god he has thrown a knife he's a fucking hunter now he was a hunter the whole time <laughs> Like no, you can you can punch, you can kick, you the 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 shoulder charge is like that burst of speed and everything. And a warlock might be crafty enough to figure out a a way to get a burst of speed to be powerful, but I mean it doesn't make him a titan just because he he needs someone in the face. God, Felwinter's oh, lie was were... the bane of my existence for so long. Yeah. The debates were long and. You remember the remember the whole thing with the Titan versus Hunter with the uh, the thorns. That was just oh, is he a hunter? Is he a warlock? Is he a Titan? I was in the warlock camp personally, but everyone was like, oh, he's a hunter. He's got a cloak, and I'm like, yeah, you know what cloaks are made of? The same thing fucking robes are made of. <laughs> Literally, if you looked at the best example is is the vault of glass. Uh, 
robe and the vault of glass cloak, they are the same. They are the Whatever same the material. They are the same design. It's just cut different. And it's like, they're the fucking same, man. Like, they are literally the same thing. A warlock could take their robes and be like, with some freaking scissors and make a cloak out of it. Done. That's true. Well, okay, so back to what we were talking about last time. Remember, we have the three great representations of of basically classless entities in the game right now. We have we have the Drifter, we have Eris, and we have the Exo Stranger, where they don't really symbolize or they aren't a Titan Hunter warlock. Mm-hmm. They are classless, right? They're mm-hmm. rogues, basically, uh, if you think about it that way. Yeah. So you've got Drifter as the rogue light barrier who kind of rejects the light and does what he does. And then you've got Eris was a hunter. Yeah, she was a hunter, but she's so changed. Yeah. And then, you know, of course, the stranger is completely changed. So it's like you got these three aspects mm-hmm. of, of the different subclasses that we'll see in the future. You know, you've got the ice, which is represented by the stranger. And then hopefully, I don't know how it's going to work out, but I don't know. It's going to be different because we've got the poison, which was a part of the whole um, hiviness but also a part of the whole thorn mm-hmm. quest. The devourer. Yeah. You think about the, the thorn and, 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 and plants and all that nastiness. I don't know. Could they, could they tie that to the lichen somehow? I, I think they absolutely are going to. I think the mark of the devourer, the devourer is a title given to the plant thing behind Drifter and is in the derelict that you see. That like floating Venus flytrap, I think that is the devourer. Uh, so that could be a part of what he found when he was out on the. Oh yeah, absolutely. I think so as well. Ice planet with the monoliths. But uh, so back to the missing log, we go into entry fourteen, and this is where Clovis messed up. Uh, he says, "I asked Elizabeth about the dreams, the tower, and the dead," and so. She reacted immediately suspicious because she thought it was a personal thing that when Exos dream, they see the tower and they fight their friends, they fight strangers, whatever it is, they make it close, they make it not close, however the hell, however it goes. She thought it was just a personal thing that she was going through, but he knew it was not a personal thing and it was something that all Exos experienced. And she felt like he lied to her by not informing him, not informing her that that was something that they experienced. And uh, she told me that she is bringing a weapon, a way to shut down EXO production permanently. If she uncovers something she doesn't like, which she will, when she locates clarity control, it cannot be allowed. (laughs) And so she sends him a letter saying, uh, Grandfather, I write this in your language in hopes that you will understand the the Vex are a threat to your lineage, not to... to the Braze or Bray Tech, but to the existence of any human in any possible future. I tracked down Maya Sunderesh, the real Maya, not the Vex Parasite in your bone marrow. She confirmed my worst fears. And so, uh, basically, she's trying to convince him. Never going to happen. Trying to convince him to shut down Exo uh, creation. She might even, like, be able to reason with him, like, uh, compromise with him. If he's like, fine, we'll shut it down after me 
And she's like, fine, do it. <laughs> become an EXO and it's done. You you live forever. Congratulations. You know, I can see her just being okay with that. But, uh, yeah. So, uh, no, it's just I, I didn't want to talk forever. I wanted to give you in case you had anything to contribute. So, um, the in this in her plea, she says the Vex will not rest until every star has been crushed into a black hole and every newborn cosmos filled with more Vex, which are the Vex goals. And she goes on to say that your concept of P F H O R P four, whatever we uh, called it before. Therefore, dictates the Vex must be annihilated now as completely as possible. How can there be any future history to receive our primo, primogeniture and recapitulate your existence in its ontogeny? Not damn words, yeah. man. If there is nothing that the fu- in that future but Vex. So basically, this is the Exo Stranger's quest. You know, she comes in, there's... So, darkness but sometimes darkness something breaks and she steps on the vex neck remember that from d1 right and uh she ends uh saying i visited the jacob hardy trust and with willa's help i secure secured a topological thought an aerial artifact of the traveler's light from that moat of paracausality i've constructed a weapon that will crash every vex system in 2082 volantis when the Vex are destroyed, you will be forced to cease exo production. Is that something that we can recreate? That's enor- That's enormous. Man. That's that's gonna be a plot point in the future. Like, there's gonna be an expansion where it's gonna be like, we are destroying the Vex. Like, because we destroyed everything else. The Hive are decimated, the Fallen are decimated, the baller decimated the only ones who are going strong are the vex and this is the only way we're going to actually decimate them right hey um by the way i just want to back up real quick for all of you um drag uh hunters out there there is a the word that you were trying to spell okay p p f h o r you know what that's from uh i mean i know it's from from this but not from reality. It's from Marathon. Fun oh, is it? Yeah. So in Marathon, there were enemy races, and uh-huh. one of the enemy races was the four, the PH, or the PFHOR. That's how it's pronounced, the four? Yeah, the four. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, there's a bunch of weird names for That's fine. I'm on board there. with it being pronounced like that, now that I know yeah. how it's pronounced. There's the spit which is the uh-huh. S-P-H-T, and then there's the four, and then there's, or that's how I've always grown. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's how you pronounced it. Okay. Yeah, I, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know exactly. I mean, is there like a a pronunciation for Bungie enemy race word, uh, out there somewhere? I don't know. Anyway, you got to you gotta, you gotta ask them. Ask Bungie directly. Find some yeah. old school. Like, who, who, who would be there at that time? Like, Chris, Chris Barrett? Barrett? Was he on, bo- probably, on board? Yeah, yeah. yeah, Barrett would know. I'm gonna be like, yo, how do you say four? <laughs> but ask him like that. How do you say four? Like F O like actually get in a phone call. How do you pronounce four? Yeah. But what I wanted wanted one one to bring up was um the four mm-hmm. in Marathon, they were uh combinations of organic matter and mach- machinery. So they had these like some of them had like triangle heads. And uh, they had these weird, you know, 
bodies, but um, they were kind of like half human, half cybernetic. I don't know what you'd call it. Enemies, you know, that you had to fight. They, they didn't flesh out a lot of stuff in Marathon, to be honest. So they kind of left it up to you to figure out what these guys were. Yeah, I'm, uh, I'm, uh, I'm seeing a lot of um, names. Uh, so they say there's a fighter a trooper and a hunter and i think these yeah. are all four creatures yeah yeah they're all four enemies man it's been a while since i've been a while been a while um sorry so i'm anyway, trying to, i'm anyway. trying to get a i'm trying to get a good image to put up just so i i can um share it on screen cuz i wish i knew that going into this okay here we go this this one looks good but oh it's, it's even cool it's actually made by garrett is it really uh, yeah it's an art stage it's an art station image uh garrett post four fighter lineup so these are their like obviously the technology wasn't there to get them looking like this in game so they have yeah. their little sprites in the background and their sprites are just like kind of bigger, different color, kind of bigger, different color. <laughs> but this is, this is what they're supposed to look like. These are badass looking. These Which are I like, like I like that they they that they spelled out the acronym in here in this lore entry, which was paternal failure hides own remorse. <laughs> which is funny because yeah. you know, before before in marathon lore, you're just like, what? <laughs> Where do they come with the names for these things? I mean, I'm sure it has nothing to do with it, but it's just funny that they went ahead and made up an acronym based off of a hunter off of the marathon four. See, when I look at these, like the one on the left and the one on the right, the on the ends. I'm not sure if you if you have the stream up. I have it on screen for everyone though. Um, they look like fallen mixed with vex but then specifically yeah, the one do. in the middle looks like a fallen mixed with the hive and a vex and it's like what the fuck this is insane part of me actually hopes seeing seeing this seeing this concept art part of me is actually beginning to hope that there's like a cataclysmic event where the realities of the marathon universe and the destiny universe clash because we know they exist in separate realities. Yeah. Yeah. Who's to say the realities can't, you know, it's like bang together for a minute, you know, it'd be fun. Yeah. Be careful what you say. Cause you will, um, you will inspire the marathon enthusiasts out there who believe that destiny is just marathon extended universe. <laughs> destiny is a spiritual success at a marathon. They exist in separate realities, but that does not mean they can't come together. And I think I'm looking at this stuff and imagine like, like I know I agree too. like the, the whole story with Pahanan could have been the actual, you know, yeah. marathon man. But anyway, but like okay. you look at these sprites okay. in the background here, like I kind of got it zoomed. Like these are cool looking, you know, for the time. But that's all they could be. But we can we can legitimately have these in like flesh, like high definition enemies. Like we need it. <laughs> right? <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh man, these are cool looking. It would really have to be. It would at the end of all of Destiny. It would really have to be the whole thing that they've been talking about forever. Is the whole idea of convergence? All of the enemies 
because we see it all the time. We see enemies adopting other enemies' um, abilities in a way, but there's this overarching idea that if all of the enemies um, converged at one point and just were like, okay, we're all one thing now, and then mm. they just adopted each other's crap. You know, like when the Taken came out, that was kind of that idea is that, okay, well, there's Taken Cabal, there's Taken Hive, there's Taken Fallen, there's Taken yada yada, you know, so that they could all be adopted under one power, which was the Taken, you know. So like if there was a, a Vex version of that, or if there was a Hive version of that, I mean, I'm sorry. Cabal Dude, look at this one. This is a four enforcer. Yeah. Yeah. I want this in Destiny. I really do. These are these are incredible. Also, uh correction. I think it's Garrett Post. It just so happens to be a guy with the same um a similar name as Christopher. Oh wait, no, it's Barrett, not Garrett. That that's my bad. Oh, I see what you're saying. You thought you were looking at Chris Barrett's stuff? Yeah, because I saw in the URL Garrett Post, and I thought it was Barrett <laughs> Post. I, you know, I just, I didn't actually. Oops, get off of that. Yeah, I'm just, I'm just looking through his stuff now, looking for anything, um, anything marathon related. And there's, there's a number of things here, uh, really interesting things. Yeah, and this might possibly be like early destiny stuff that i'm looking at right now you never know there was so many assets from that game that um, could have just you know inspired other other things i mean i know like some of the assets from marathon inspired were inspiring uh halo mm -hmm. obviously um yeah you know marathon man was the security armor in halo which was pretty cool and then I thought they were bringing that back too when they brought that Tychonaut helmet into uh, Destiny, which very much looked like Marathon Man uh, originally. But um, so there's there's these things like the UNSC and then there's the UESC in Marathon. <laughs> and, you know, you have uh, the Master Chief, you know, you've got rampant AIs in, uh, in both Halo and Marathon to worry about. And so now we've got Rasputin. I, I put up another one. Uh, this is the Four Hunter, and it is the most like Vex Hive Fallen combination yet. It is insane. He, he his little his little bits on the arms here. These are living aliens. You can see the fucking legs. Like he just shoved his arm into like a parasite alien with a hard shell. It says living aliens. Uh, have natural defense mechanism that hardens their shell when shot by projectile projectiles. Mm -hmm. These are incredible! Holy shit! They're a little bit like um, they're a little bit like the hunters in Halo too, which are it's an this, enemy race. It's like full defense melee with the arms, and then it's just got yeah. this this freaking badass cannon on his yeah, shoulder, which reminds me of the Boomer Knights. Yeah. <laughs> His arms kind of look like Boomer Knight's arms as well. Man, I want this. I want this so bad. I want I, this. This is now my like hope for Destiny that 
that in the future we're just gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna stop looking at this so we can get back on track. But yeah, in you'll the future go, you'll we see down. we see like a big crash between uh Marathon and Destiny. That's 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 seriously my hope now. <laughs> I just want a Capcom style Street Fighter game that has... Destiny versus Marathon. <laughs> no Halo versus Destiny. Oh no, Destiny would win. Easy. <laughs> They okay, we're bringing Marathon we're, we're, characters too as, as secret unlockables. Yeah. Up, 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 down, down, left, right, left, right. Look to Luna. Mm-hmm. And, and, and you get the four trooper. <laughs> the good news is um, there's, a, there's a wall of text here that we're not actually going to read. But basically, um, just to, to get back on, on topic, um, yeah. Elsie is. is like grandfather, I'm destroying it. I'm killing off the Vex. I'm I'm stopping your creation of Exos. Blah 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 blah. All these fancy words, and um, he he sends out a voice transcript. Elizabeth, the process saved you. It could save your father for his sake, for the sake of your sisters. Don't do this. Don't make me stop you, Elizabeth. This is your last chance. You've always been my favorite, Elizabeth. Please. And then options: intervene, lethal. Recommend Mazer Strike from Hanu Awareness Arrays. Clovis is 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 queuing up fucking lasers to kill his granddaughter. Yeah. And then it ends with closing employee file Bray Elsie conditions incompatible with life. Conditions incompatible with life. I know what in the world. <laughs> we had to fire you because your conditions are incompatible with life. Like life involves you not doing what you were doing. So we had a fire at you. God fucking damn, Clovis. <sighs> she has okay. a secret cloaking ship, so. She'll <laughs> <laughs> um, be fine. And of course, like a psychopath, um, he justifies it. Uh, he says that she betrayed me. I would kill her if she hadn't already done it to herself. That version of Elizabeth Bray was no granddaughter of mine. She was a stranger to me. You know, all these all these justifying, like, I'm not the bad guy here. She was the bad one. I want my granddaughter back, and that was not my granddaughter. <laughs> it's good stuff, though, because it really brings, it brings you into the, it, yeah. it, it makes you feel, this whole part of the, of the, makes you feel for what was happening. You know, it gives you, like, that personal connection with what, the whole story and then it just it makes it drives everything into a much more serious storyline mm-hmm. that happened you know it just makes everything much more serious yeah and he he justifies it by saying she would have destroyed not just my legacy but my eternal existence what did what i did was wholly justified and entirely moral i saved trillions of years of my own life I saved all the future good I will do for humanity. And he yeah. questions it. He begins he be, he begins to get a little bit of a conscious. He goes, Am I Saul, rejected by God as king? Do I now cast spears at my offspring as Saul cast his spear at Jonathan? Did I burn yep. Elizabeth into a black star on the ice for no reason but my own fear? And and then his conscience goes away. No, there was there is only one divinity here, one angel sent by a pantheon of true gods to invite me into their company. It has not rejected me. 
this was a test, a clarification of my will. Like, terrifying, sociopathic, psychopathic justifications. I God did not repent. Line. Gods do not relent. Sounds yeah. like <laughs> that's on that's on his business card. Gods do not yeah, repent. Gods, gods do not right. relent. <laughs> I hate this guy. I really do. Like, welcome to Bray Tech. I was <laughs> I was really interested in, in Clovis Bray and everything. Like really early in Destiny One, I was like, wow, that's some really cool stuff. I know they made Siva, and Siva kind of went a little haywire, but he's still a really cool guy. And I I like made I made a joke with the things that I would do with Ishtar. That um like my old image would would be like the pig wearing the anonymous mask and I have a t-shirt and I made a Clovis braid t-shirt for the pig and I would always put that in for like the Ishtar things that I would do just be like uh-huh. haha I work at Clovis but now I'm just like goddamn I don't want to work here this, this crap man <sighs> and uh later later on he he actually makes a copy of himself. One copy of that scan will go into the deep stone crypt to watch forever over the fountain of the Alcahas. Another to my assistant to be my chariot into eternity. So he's already like got his scan ready. It's just not a full scan, I guess. Cause apparently full scans are fatal. <laughs> well, here he yeah, is. Uh, once, once you try to upload a full scan, it's just going to uh, explode or whatever. Couldn't imagine. Yeah. How you come to that? How do you come to that knowledge? I don't know. Excuse me. Uh and to go full circle, entry sixteen. She is saved. By the grace of my good work, Elizabeth is saved. Even now, she leads preparations to defend against the Vex incursion. When I loaded her into a new exobody, I told her that the Vex had compromised her last instance, and it had become necessary to destroy her. Hardly a lie. (laughs) Just completely, like, justifying everything. And, um... So later on, we get um, we get these like little like notes written in the margins. So in in our in our document here, I bolded them uh, on Ishtar. I believe they're they're colored blue. And so I wrote a note here throughout the logbook. There are notes in the margins appearing to be from Clovis at a later point. These last few seem different though, as if they were from the Vex or perhaps Clarity Control. Uh, one of them reads, you will die here on Europa, Clovis, again and again until you have forgotten even your name. And so Clovis obviously wouldn't write that to himself. No. Um, you will be the name they scrape from the tarnished salvage after the fall of man, the ruins of all your work picked over by the survivors of your folly. If you really believed in your banal philosophy, you would never leave a letter. You would be assured that your own survival was all that mattered. Because he... And he, he actually says, shut up, Sundaresh. I must leave a letter for my family. So maybe it is the Vex uh, kind of injecting these thoughts into him and he's still kind of going crazy. Yeah. It's like a, it's like a spiral into, into the madness existence yeah. that, he, that he's living forever. And uh, so it, it keeps going on. Like he, he, knows he's, he knows he's coming to his end. He's, he does not have long in his, in his actual human body. 
And so he's writing this letter to his family. Uh, Meager squirming thing, you never understood clarity, you never will. You are bound to this husk, even as I shed it. You will die in its poisoned wreckage while I attain the perfect eternity of an angel. You will be the residue of my transubstantiation, something left in the workings of a coffee pot from some greasy sin. So he's talking about Maya Sunderesh here, the bone marrow infection. He's going to leave his body to become an exo. We cannot be parted from you, Clovis. After all, we want the same things. We crave the same power. We will go into eternity together. I had the strength to kill my own granddaughter. I certainly have no trouble killing you. He's just like fighting with himself here. And uh, so this entry actually ends with uh, one of the corporeal status updates. Um, And most of these are just like kind of like gibberish to me but this one's really important and this one kind of debated me a bit uh commencing radio gland injection direct transcranial dose 18 sites crown configuration needle gauge 100 microns please remain still ah it hurts at the surface but inside there is no pain corporeal status uh body 36.1 celsius pulse 30 beats per minute strength good bp 120 over 60 resp 14 breaths per minute etc uh, warning, toxic radio gland concentrations in cerebrospinal fluid, brain death imminent. Warning, high Tesla magnetic field flux, brain death imminent. Voluntary corporeal shutdown underway. Exercising dignified digestive re- rectification, transmitting miscellaneous last wishes, emancipation of organ pins, disposal of personal ma- disposal of personal material. Is that yeah. is that clearing his search history? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Scrubbing private data, checking Uh to-do list. Warning, you have unfinished items. Ongoing projects. Be a good man and a good father. In progress. Become Luca of future human thought. In progress. And so, I read this before Legacy Lament was obtained. Before it was released. Oh, yeah. (laughs) And I was like, oh, shit, Clovis died. Like, he didn't make it. I was, I was like, all of that was for nothing. And so what I missed was he he did successfully upload, as I said before, one copy will go into the Deepstone Crypt to watch forever over the Fountain of the Alcahest, another to my assistant. So he uploaded himself. He He did the transfer, but he was still alive. He was still conscious. He could still fucking write a letter and argue with himself. So it's like... It's not fatal. It's not actually fatal. Or at least it's not immediately fatal, which means it could potentially be cured. This transfer process could potentially be cured, right? Maybe. Yeah. I mean, maybe. That's an odd thought, though, to like be able to reverse. So to create yourself as an exo, but still live as a human at the same time. I mean, I don't know who would want that, but it sounds like it's possible. And it makes me think, like, what is this 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 process of the mind scan? And does it involve the alkahest? Does like is the alkahest injected into you, and then retracted from you, and then put into the exo? Like, is that how it scans you? It creates you by actually injecting it in you, and that's why it kills you because you're injecting yourself with vex mind fluid, and that's poisonous. Well, it's crazy and gory to think, you know, and this is like 
for real science, but like it's crazy and gory to think that you could <clears throat> at the surface of a skull basically enter uh, into the matter in between, but then there's no feelings. Once you're past that, there's no feeling of any of that pain. It's only on the surface like he describes. And then from then on, it would be the alcohest mixing with the, the neurons, brain matter, whatever makes up the you. Mm-hmm. And then once that soup, that once that soup has <laughs> emulsified or whatever, and you're this new thing, and then you get sucked back out and put into your next form. And I gotta tell you, I don't like how any of that sounds. Oh, <laughs> I think I'll just stay human. I think I'm good. <laughs> I don't want to do this again. Yeah. I don't want to go through the processes. Ugh. But so that's neat because if you think about the whole Deep Stone Crypt and how he was writing these things so that when people are being turned into exos, they don't experience these certain aspects of being turned into an exo so that they don't reject or so that they can easily go into that. Well, he didn't get this. He didn't get the luxury of any of that. Yeah. He just was like torn apart in the mind and then re-spat out like, you know, a whole nother thing into these two versions of himself, one being Banshee and one the, mm-hmm. the floating head that's now in deep, deep stone crypt. Um, oh, man, this is crazy. Yeah, and I mean... That's but yeah, that's the, just the like arguing with himself. That was a neat little thing. <laughs> yeah. And then, so like I said, we, we had this before Legacy Lament came out. And when I read this at first, I thought Clovis died before successfully becoming an Exo. And so after this event uh, takes place, the beginning of Legacy Lament, where basically Clovis did die. He absolutely did die, but he did succeed in having the mind scan he is prepared to become an exo he was at his like last bit and everything and um it's just a matter of executing that upload that matters now and so one one goes to his assistant (laughs) yeah whoever his assistant is man he really trusts this this assistant with like literally with his life yeah. <laughs> oh. There is a lot to unpack if you try to break down the sci-fi of it all, you know. So there's a there's enough there to just spin off forever trying mm-hmm. to sort out what exactly happened. But I like I like that they did tie up how how that transfer progress uh plays out when building an exo cuz that was a you know, that was one of those things that we had always questioned forever. Mm-hmm. It's like, how does, when does an exo become an actual exo? Like, at what point of the transferal process does the exo become you? You know what I mean? It's like yeah. <laughs> the, the age-old the age old experiment of having two bodies uh, sitting side by side with, you know, some sort of, like, brain thing on top of their head that transfers one brain to the other body and the other brain to the other body. At what point is it, is it 25%? Is it 50%? Is it 75%? Is it 99%? At what point is, are you that other body, you know, and then vice versa. Mm -hmm. So so like, it's neat to see that his, as he's being transferred into, you know, his copies or being uploaded. (laughs) Yeah, it's it's neat to see that like right at that breaking point, right where it's just 
I'm no longer existing anymore. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, that was the end of it. So it from, for now, Han, we're going to be going into lore books, which are probably more exciting. <laughs> they have less word vomit. <laughs> this was a big one, man. This and, was um, this was a huge one. I already did Captain's Log, so yeah, that was good. That, too. that was really a good like one, it. though. But see, the 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 thing about Captain's Log is it was pretty. It was pretty concise, cut and dry, right? Yeah, it was. It was. A, it was an isolated story. So now yeah. we'll just be continuing on with some more Clovis stuff. Just the lore book now, <laughs> <laughs> and it's it's really not even Clovis. It's more. It's Banshee. It, you know, at no point was he ever actually Clovis. Right. Exactly. So um, our next episode is going to be on April 25th. It's going to be at 9.15 a.m., just like this one, just like everyone. If you ever need to find more of us, please go to... Oh, wait. Wait. One more thing. Of course. We got to do the lore card. Oh, you want to to bang that out at the end? Yeah. Let's just do it real quick. Okay. What's the item? I'll pull up the image. Okay. It is... You have it? I don't know what the item is. It is the keening. Okay. Keening. Um, you won't find it on Ishtar, unfortunately. Here, I'll just send it to you. Yeah, why isn't it on Ishtar? What the hell? It's there's some kind of okay. So if you're looking for stuff on Ishtar right now, there's some kind of glitch in the happening at the moment where uh, some items aren't pulling up. There, I put it on Twitter. So you can okay, it thank you. Um. Okay, so. Something's happening with the way that Bungie uh, scripted the API. It broke some stuff. So some some items aren't pulling up. So if you're looking for your favorite item or wondering what's happening, uh, you might not find it until they fix it. Mm-hmm. So there's a few things. And this is one of them. Um, so this one was cool because I kept mispronouncing it pronouncing it because I kept reading it wrong. I was calling it the kneeling. The, <laughs> the, <laughs> <laughs> the needing the I didn't know what it was saying and then I read it and I was like oh that's keening okay I get it all right so keening is a vocal ritual art form performed in mourning of the dead it's a Gaelic word it means crying uh, keens often contain raw crying and lyrical wailing in song form the act of keening was believed to enable the soul to leave the body so this uh, derived from you know, Gaelic, uh, you know, Irish uh, mm-hmm. folklore and stuff like that. It's where when they would mourn the dead, they would have a wake and there would be a lot of people present and there were keeners there. And so keening is this vocal ritual art form consisting of whales and lyrical crying. Uh, it's performed at a wake or a graveside in mourning of the dead. And keens often contain raw emotional crying and combines parts of song. So the word keening originates from the Gaelic uh, word meaning crying. But the cool thing here is keening are often women paying respects to the deceased and grieve on behalf of the bereaved family. So when the bereaved family is sitting there watching their loved one, you know, at a wake or, you know, grieving, these keeners will be present to make, uh, to take on that bereavement process and make it, you know, a social event so they don't really do them now you know but this yeah that sounds weird yeah it's an older practice but um 
they don't. I just do can't. I just can't imagine that in like society today, like a family being there, just like <clears throat> not actually reacting, and then yeah. a hired woman to cry on the behalf. Yeah, and so, and so that's the funny thing is because we've grown out of these old traditions, uh, but it is, if you think about it, a really beautiful thing because it's a way for the bereavement process to be. Um, more of a social thing, more, it, it's more heartfelt. It's a way to pay respect to the level. Now, when people go to funerals or, or, you know, when they just sit there quietly for the most part. Yeah. Stop or cry. Uh, but if you can imagine, this was a, uh, this was considered an important part of the process of undertaking. And it was performed either during the wake or funeral procession or internment. Um, this was a skilled art form and it, it was a, a meeting point between life and death and received due respect, including, you know, payment. Keeners are revered for their skills they possess in this job, usually fell to older women, you know, elders. Uh, the act of keening was believed to enable the soul to leave the body. A keen difference from a lament. A lament is a poem, song, or piece of music which expresses sorrow that someone has died. However, a keen is the finality it's the final wailing song that is performed or also allowed on occasion where they're allowed to touch the dead so as the keens are performing they kind of you know do their song and then the 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 uh, bereaved family can participate as well so they can sing along or wail and cry along and so these keens became important important part of a grieving process for the community as a whole. And it was a way for them to show respect to the loved one that they had lost. Oftentimes the audience would participate and it was believed to be the only true way for it to happen. So if a keen was to happen, it was almost implied that the entire family and community would participate. So hmm. I thought that was really cool because the keening is a sidearm and the flavor text is really good. I, I really says, like this flavor text. It says, I heard a ghost die once in Twilight Gap. Still hear it sometimes on dark nights. That's so, tough. yeah, that's insane. Yeah, that's a tough one. That one really gets at you because there's this idea that you know, when a ghost dies, there's an audible, audible, there's something audible that happens. And we know that from, from, from lore too. Mm. You can hear a ghost dying. Or you can yeah. Hear when Sundance was shot, there was like a burst, like, yeah. Ooh, it's, 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 it gets you at your core, man. I heard mm. a ghost die once in twilight gap. Still hear it sometimes. Dark nights. Ooh. Yeah. So, um, what, while you were talking about what a, a keening actually is and making it like more of a, a community event, it reminded yeah. me of um one of my favorite uh, books from when I was a kid, The Thin Executioner. And so I, I keep it on the shelf right behind me, and I, I opened it up to try to find find it to, to quickly just like refresh my memory. And it actually opened right up to this to the exact page it was on. So that just feels like. Oh shit. Oh, that's creepy. Um yeah. So it, it's a it's a guy going on a quest and everything and um he comes across a a person 
and he needs to go through her her town to get through everything and so she he needs her to get him through and she gets killed by this like turtle bear thing and in her dying breath she tells him and uh the person the slave he's traveling with to uh cut off her head and uh yeah and they're like cut off my head and bring it to my family and they're like is she insane like what's gonna happen when we go to the family we're like head yeah it's your daughter like are they gonna be like what did you do to my daughter and just like murder them on the spot but they don't they immediately see the head and they let them in the village and they're like thank you for bringing it to us and everything and so it was announced to the village that um uh habira i think it was Hubira's Hubira's head uh that Hubira died and they eat dinner with the family and they learn about the customs of the village and how there are more men than women so multiple men will be married to a single woman just to kind of keep family unity strong um and so it's like the next morning they have this song of unison the entire town is singing the song of unison like bellowing you know you can hear it throughout the entire town because everyone is singing it together and they walk to this this um halfway submerged sphere in the ground and it's slowly rotating and it's called the um the casne and so at like at head eye level there are little spikes all across 61 spikes all across this this sphere and on the spikes are heads slowly Ugh. decaying and each head <laughs> as they go along is more decayed than the last. And so they watch the sing in the song, they watch it turn and they find the most decayed head and they take it off and they throw it on the ground and Hubira's family stamps it out into dust. And wow. then they put Hubira's head on the Kazne and they, they say how, um, Whoever that person was is no longer recognizable to anyone and any of their immediate friends and family are probably already on the Kazne themselves. So no one is like hurt by the action, but now it's like the souls of your loved ones are still there. They're still walking in the sunlight, you know? So you get to, you get to mourn them in this like completely different way and it it was like one of my favorite things, like reading really as cool. as a fifteen year old. I was like, that is insane! Like to to think about other cultures like that, like to the extremist of of their their um mourning practices. So I just I just wanted to share that with anyone who's listening. <laughs> what a great way to end the show. Yeah, right. <laughs> so, <laughs> if if you if you went to I want to ask if you went to another place like another country another another area and that's how they mourn their dead how would you react? I mean, I would be astonished. Yeah, right. Yeah, like I I wouldn't you know I would just be like that's like part of me is like that's incredible like part yeah, of me like gets it it's you a know beautiful thing and yeah so, like you. Kind of, you have, it sounds horrifying at first on the face value or when it's read or, or not experienced. It. Yeah. But if you really immerse yourself into the thought behind it and have empathy for other people and as a traveler yeah. adopt the ideals 
um, you really you really uncover a lot of the beautiful things. Yeah. And that that just kind of it just feels like it kind of goes full circle to what the what the traveler said. It's like you know, the, her voice isn't meant to be heard. It's it's your decisions that matter. And it's like someone can look at that and and they can make they can make their own actions of it. You know, they can they can see what they they want to see from it. But like the sight of the people who are doing it is it, it's 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 like a way of just getting to have them for a little bit longer. You know, and then there's nothing wrong with wanting that. Yeah, no, that's perfect. Perfect. <sighs> one of my favorite, one of my favorite books, even now. Like, just, just how much it, how much it covers on like humanity on a scale. But it's like for young adults, it's it's insane. So as I was saying, uh, April twenty fifth, next episode. If you need to find more of us at Loose Cannon Show on Twitter. L O L O S L O O S E C A N O N S H O W on Twitter. Uh, follow us there, and any update we have will be posted there. And uh, that's uh, basically it. Right? You have anything else to say? Nope. That's it. All right. Bye, everyone. Bye.